Good morning, Cornerstone. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. Um, I'm preaching and we're going to have a, a really fun time together this morning um, as we kind of journey a little bit through uh, the scriptures and God's word and what he's sort of put in my heart to share with you this morning. Um, so what I'd love to do, if you could open up your Bibles with me, please, to Genesis chapter 28. We're going to start things out of um, the story of Jacob. Um, so in Genesis chapter 28, we kind of uh, are really coming to the beginnings of Jacob's story. Uh, Jacob's just kind of stolen his brother's birthright. He's snuck into his, bro- into his father's room, um, his father's quarters, dressed up like his brother um, and tricked his father into giving him this, this beautiful blessing, actually, not the birthright, that was earlier, um, this beautiful blessing. Now we've come to Esau comes home, find his brother dressed up as him and has stolen his blessing. And of course, he's quite, he's, he's murderous with envy and jealousy and things like this. So uh, the mother tells Jacob, Jacob, you need to flee. You need to run away. You need to go and go, go be with my, um, with my brother. So Jacob leaves home and he's, he's on this journey to some place he's never been to before. He's on this journey to go and be with his, uh, with his uncle. And on his way there, he actually happens upon this really interesting place. Um, and it's late one night and he chooses to, to go to sleep. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been out camping and looked up at the stars at night and gone to sleep, something beautiful like that. Well, that's exactly what Jacob does. And he simply finds, he looks around, obviously he doesn't have any good camping equipment because he looks around and it says he finds a rock and lays his head on a rock. Um, and he goes to sleep that night and then God gives him this amazing dream. And I want to pick up the story there and read to us out of Genesis chapter 28. We're going to read for a little bit and then we're going to pause and pray and come back into the story. So Genesis chapter 28 verses 10 says this, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to the heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of your father, Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They were spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you. Wherever you go from one day, I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. And then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Let's pray. Uh, God, we're just so thankful that we can um, still come into a greater relationship with you, though we may be in some kind of isolation. Um, Though we're in this physical isolation, we're not in isolation from you, which is this beautiful promise that you've given us. Uh, God, I just pray that as we talk and share this morning, that you would be amongst us, Lord Father God, that we would hear what you have to say to us all. Uh, In your name, amen. Um... I moved around a lot uh, from about the age, I, I left home at about 18 and ended up traveling a little bit all over Australia. So I went to a place up North Queensland called Bowen. I lived in Brisbane for a few years and a few years ago, I actually moved down to a place called Sydney. Now, while I was in Sydney, um, I moved there not knowing a single person. I actually didn't know anyone. 
Um, I'd been there once for two days when I think I was 10. But other than that, I'd never gone to Sydney before in my life and then decided to take a job there, to move there of my own volition out of this random kind of insistence into the unknown. Um, and while I was in Sydney, into this place of not knowing a single person, I actually started to become really, really lonely. Um, I can remember about, like, I remember my, my third weekend there after the, the hype had worn off, after the, the joy of living someone new had worn off, and just thinking to myself, my goodness, I don't know anyone. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt lonely before, but I think that's something that's quite normal of human existence. Um, and especially for where I was at, when I was living in Sydney with no friends, no family, none of, nothing of the sorts. So what I started to do was I started to try and not find friends, but I tr started to try and find some routine to make my life a little bit more normal, though I was living in abnormal circumstances. So what did I do? Um, I started to go to this one cafe. I found that it was just close by where I, where I live. Um, and I'd go there every single Saturday. Now, the reason I went there every single Saturday is because the third week that I was living in Sydney, feeling very lonely, I went there one Saturday morning. I sat in the back corner by myself because I didn't have any friends. And I can just remember in my absolute aloneness, having this overwhelming sense that God was with me in the middle of a cafe on a Saturday morning and there was noise and there was people and there was like I don't know some rock and roll music playing or something like that but I could just totally feel God was with me and this was quite special for me um, because I did feel so alone now I actually started to do that every single week out of this simple desire to have this routine of being reminded that no matter where I was in Sydney, away from all of my families and friends, God was still with me in a cafe, in the back corner, all by myself. I think this truth and this promise of God being with me in that moment became so important because I actually felt so alone. Now, after I'd been doing this for about six months or so, my work had led me, funnily enough, totally by happenstance, to meeting a rabbi. Now, I was shocked when I met this rabbi. I, I've never met a rabbi. I'd never met a rabbi before, before that moment. And as I sat down at the cafe, at another cafe, um, with this rabbi, we began to talk. Now, I'm a quite a curious person, so I asked him about 55 questions, and I think he was a little bit taken aback. Um, but as we were going through the, our time together, he began to share about the practice of Shabbat. The practice of every single week, they have this tradition, as a family, they get together, and they follow these same traditions every single week. He very, very wisely asked me the question, Chris, do you have any traditions? Do you have anything that you do every single week and you can kind of maybe feel like you're doing something with God in those moments? Now, I felt like a little bit of a fool. I was sitting here with a rabbi who had studied in three cities all around the world, um, who was an amazing knowledge of scripture and the Bible and all these sorts of things. And he was asking me, what was my tradition? And the best I had was this cafe that I've been sitting at every single Saturday for the last six months, sharing a coffee with no one but myself, 
and within my mind with God. These moments where I was alone but could still feel God's presence with me. I felt like a bit of a, a bit of a, like a has-been. I felt like I didn't have anything to show like he had this beautiful Shabbat ceremony. But he stopped me as soon as I said this and he said, that is wonderful. He exclaimed, that is so profound. Now, of course, I was a little bit perplexed and has to ask him, what did he mean? Um, but he began to share with me that the goal of every rabbi is to always find God in the mundane. It's to find God where they think that maybe God wasn't present, but to find God in the everyday, normal moments of life. So suddenly, this cafe thing that I was doing every Saturday became really profound and really quite important because it was for me this tradition of finding God in the mundane, finding God in the normal, everyday parts of life, finding God where maybe I didn't expect Him to be. I grew up with this very kind of traditional Pentecostal view that there are some things you do and then other things you do in the church. And church was about somewhere we go on a Sunday, it was about something we do that one day a week. But as I began to remember this experience when I wasn't a part of a church community while I was in Sydney, of finding God in a cafe on a Saturday, it really started to speak to me about how present our God is. How present our God is even in those places we do not expect, in those mundane places of life. See, I think in the 21st century, mundane living has really had a war waged against it. We've had this war waging against things like boredom and so on. I can remember growing up, and I don't know about you, or maybe you have kids today who say it, or maybe you're still saying it today, Mom, Dad, I'm bored. Um, if you're over the age of 20 and still saying that to your parents, maybe that's another conversation you need to have with yourself. Um, but I'm bored. I can remember saying it all the time. Um, now, I, again, I grew up before like lots of video games and Netflix and all these sorts of things. So I had to make my own fun, which was obstacle courses in the backyard and looking after and playing around with the chickens and whatever else my dad was cooking up down the back. Um, but I can remember this whole thing about being bored. And I think my generation, as we've grown up, have, have, have really, tried to, really tried to escape boredom at any means necessary. And maybe you've been the same. I know I'm a sucker for never just doing one thing at a time, but always multitasking, always having to listen to music or read this or do that or watch this while I eat and et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's more than that. Like we've been sold this story that that mundane is boring, mundane's not right, that normal life is not what you should hope for, you should hope for the extraordinary, um, you should hope for something that's more than you could ever think, you should live life to the extreme, live life to the full. But the truth of the matter is, life's actually more mundane than maybe we'd like to let on. Life's actually, more commonly, just the everyday thing. It's waking up, it's making yourself a coffee, it's having breakfast, getting dressed, brushing your teeth, going to work, or staying and working from home at the moment. Life is actually 
full of these everyday, repetitive, mundane moments. But I think if we're obsessed with trying to avert ourselves from the mundane moments in life, maybe we can actually be missing something really profound that God's doing. I'm reminded often um, how much God speaks and appears in the mundane realities of people's and humans' lives within our scriptures. Um, I actually think we have quite a tradition of God showing up in places quite unexpectedly. God showing up in places where maybe we think he doesn't belong. God showing up in places where we thought maybe he shouldn't have been there before. So with this, us trying to escape the normal, if we look back into the Christian tradition, we get to be reminded of some of these amazing times where God has shown up. So what am I talking about? Well, first of all, in Exodus chapter 3, we see this really beautiful moment of Moses tending his father-in-law's sheep. As he's tending his father-in-law Jethro's sheep, out of the corner of his eye, he like, again, tending these sheep, this is his normal, everyday job that he does all the time. But out of the corner of his eye this time, this, so, this, this one-off, interesting, special moment in history, he sees a burning bush. And of course, if you and I were tending your sheep or our sheep or going to work or whatever it may be, and we saw a burning bush, that would arrest our attention. So Moses sees all of a sudden God calling to him, in just him while he's tending his flock, doing this very normal activity. There's a burning bush all of a sudden. It's something out of the blue. It's something random. All of a sudden, God's here. And what does God say? God says, take off your sandals for where you are is holy ground. I think what's beautiful about this story and about this narrative of Moses is we see this beautiful moment where Moses has walked on this ground day in, day out for the last 40 years. Moses has been around this bunch of sheep in this area for, for a long time. But now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, God shows up and he has to take off his shoes because it's holy ground. This is a profound moment in Moses' life when suddenly he realizes that God's been here the whole time. Suddenly, God showed up in his mundane reality of life. I think another moment this happens is Luke chapter 24, where we see two men walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And as they're walking on this road to Emmaus, out of nowhere, a third companion comes with them. Now, this third companion is Jesus, right? It's God in human form here on earth, post his crucifixion it's it's jesus like it's like the most it's god here on earth right i can't stress that enough it's god here on earth these men though are just so caught up in their own reality in this mundane journey from jerusalem to emmaus that they don't even take notice they don't even realize and after they get there they eat with jesus and these amazing jesus then disappears and goes somewhere else, which is really cool, and maybe we can talk about that another time. But the men look to each other and they ask themselves, and they say, did not our hearts burn within us? Could we not tell that 
that was God with us in that moment. That was Jesus Christ. Because out of nowhere, two men walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus encountered God in their mundane, normal life reality. It's a part of our tradition. It's a part of who we are to find God in places maybe we didn't expect. I don't want you to think that now we have to look for some kind of burning bush or God to show up while we're walking to one place now. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I think what I'm trying here to get across and for us to hear the message of is that God is with us, even in those places maybe we don't think he is, even in those mundane places of life. Because it's not about a location or a state of being or something like that to determine whether God is with us. But rather, it's actually just God is with us. And the question therefore becomes, are you and I aware that God is here? Are you and I aware that even in our moments of isolation with COVID-19, that God is present? That He is here with us in this moment? Last week, Pastor Clem talked quite a lot about the Holy Spirit being with us here in this moment. And I think that actually strikes right the, na- the nail right on the head is even in isolation, even though we can't gather together in a church community, even though we can't take maybe the sacraments in the way that we once did, even though we don't get to uh, experience worship in this really beautiful setting, God is still with us. He's still present. He's still here in this mundane reality of life. I'm sure you've heard of Psalm 139, which is this beautiful scripture where um, the psalmist writes about, where can I go to escape your presence, O Lord? I, like, I went up the highest mountain. I went to the darkest valley. I went to the, the, the darkest place of the ocean, but still you were there. Nothing can separate us. Nothing we cannot escape the presence of God. It's actually so interesting that God is so present with us that one author even puts it this way. He says, because the truth of the matter is this, that every bush is burning. Every place we walk is holy ground because God is present in every moment. Is that not something profound? We do not need to chase God to appear in a burning bush. And even as we go through the, the mundane aspects of life in isolation, God is with us, present here now. In this moment, where you are watching a video of some guy talk on YouTube, God is there. I think this is beautiful. This is a promise that we have. If only you and I could notice the burning bushes around us. Another author says, we are like fish swimming in the sea, asking the question, water, what water? We are saturated in the divine, in God. Can we be aware of God's presence in our life, in our situation, in our location, no matter where it may be? even in isolation, even at home, and we just can't ever leave the house and we're going crazy, that God is actually still present in those moments. This is the promise we have.
This is what the incarnation shows us, that we have a God who is present, especially in the mundane parts of our life, the parts we think are just a waste of time and meaningless. God is there. As we homeschool kids, as we feel lonely, as we do the dishes, as we make the bed in the morning, as we do the washing, as we answer emails at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday, no matter where we are, what we're doing, God is with us. He is present in those mundane moments of life. The question then is, to you, to I, to all of us, do we realize it? Do we realize that God is just so present? He was present with me in a cafe every Saturday morning in Sydney all alone. And I'm sure he's also present with you wherever you may be, whatever your circumstances. We have a God who is present. Eugene Peterson says it really beautiful in Romans chapter 12 in his message translation. Um, he says it this way. He says, take your everyday ordinary life, your comings and goings, your, your standing ups and your sittings down, take them and offer that to God as an offering. That in everything we do, in these things we think are a waste of time, we can offer them to God as an offering because God is present in those moments. So I want to finish and leave us with this thought this morning. May we have this experience that like Jacob, we go to sleep tonight and we wake back up to that normal, everyday, mundane existence of life in isolation, of never leaving the house, of always having to do the same thing. In that mundane reality, may we wake up like Jacob did and exclaim, wow, for surely, Lord, you were here. You were in this place, in this moment, and I wasn't aware of it. May we be aware that God is with us, here now, wherever you may be. Let us pray. God, I just want to thank you so much that we have a God who's not bound to a temple, a place, a time slot, or anything of the sorts, but we have a God who is found and is present in those mundane places of life. May we interact and experience you in many new ways while we're going and coping with this life that's different than ever before. God, may we experience and feel you and your presence with us wherever we, wherever we are and whatever we may be doing. In your name, amen. Thanks so much.